0: Hello everybody and welcome to this special episode of Activist Lawyer. You will know that at the end of last year we decided to focus on the ongoing issue in Palestine and we've been so lucky to be able to reach out to a number of Palestinian lawyers and organisations that are working on legal issues and we will have them join us as guests on our show. So I am so delighted to be joined by Sarayda Hussein, who is a long-time women's rights activist She is one of the co-founders of the Women's Centre for Legal Aid and Counselling, heading its research, documentation and advocacy units. Currently, Sarida is a board member of the West Bank Gaza Musical Institution, Al-Khamanjati, and an assembly member in the Women and Family Affairs Centre based in Nablus. With other academic women and in collaboration with Cardiff University, she has prepared an undergraduate curriculum for the class Law and Women in Palestine at Al-Najah University. She also has an LLM from Warwick University. Born in Colombia, Saraida is fluent in Arabic, English and Spanish and has published many articles on women's issues. In 2004, the Canadian Board of Films produced the movie Saraida, A Woman of Palestine.
1: Aye, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your work.
0: Thank you so much for giving me your time today, in what is a very significant week. Um, just for listeners, today is the twelfth of January, February, uh, January, twenty twenty-four, and it's the second day of the hearing before the ICJ, and Israel are defending um, the South Africa's case against them, charging them with genocide. So, there's a lot happening and that's why I appreciate you taking your time out. So, uh, Sarita, before we get into some of our questions, um, perhaps you might just share a little bit about your work, your significant work, and what, you know, the organisation you work with does.
1: Yes, what we do is essentially work with the... Um, uh, create partnerships with organisations, especially women organisations. And of, for example, if it's not a woman organisation, like we do with the uh, hospital in Gaza, that is one of our partners. Then we we focus with them on women's issues within the hospital and the services they do. We do a lot of uh, uh, work with partners that work in uh, in sexual and reproductive health, mm-hmm. uh, GBV issues, also uh, economic empowerment, political empowerment, um, and we also work with the coalitions. There are two coalitions that. Uh, that hosts are host like are hosted by thirty-two organizations, West Bank and Gaza, and they these coalitions are working, for example, lately on uh, on the on a law uh, that uh, that will criminalize um, uh, violence against women. Excellent. And now with the uh, with the attacks that are going on in Gaza, our work takes uh, the. The form of emergency response, emergency and quick response with our partners and um, in especially in Gaza, but also in the West Bank because there have been also attacks on civilian people in the West Bank. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mode um, emergency mode now that we are
0: working with them. Sure, I imagine. Overpass, yes. Wow. Okay, so getting into some of the, um, the the questions that I have here as well, and I'm just going to reflect a little bit on the harrowing statistics that we've been reading over the last months, three or, three, you know, leading into four months now. Um, this is out of date because we know that everything, every day the numbers increase rapidly but I'm just going to take an extract from the ICJF filing by South Africa which was a significant document. I read it and like yourself Sir I did to see everything put in one place it's still so chilling and, and harrowing to, to see the detail despite the fact that we have been following this for you know um, many many weeks now. But anyway, just to take a little extract from that, Israel's actions are impacting Palestinian women and children in Gaza especially severely, with 70% of those killed estimated to be women and children. Two mothers are estimated to be killed every hour in Gaza. Over 7,729 children were estimated to have been killed. ...by the 11th of December 2023, so we're a month on from that. And at least 4,700 children are missing and believed to be buried under the rubble. So I suppose my first question is, and I will say that those figures have increased... ...and they were discussed yesterday when um, the legal team for South Africa delivered their opening statements... Um, I mean, why, Sarida, Sarida, are women and children so disproportionately bearing the brunt of this ongoing aggression? And maybe you can tell us how maybe women and girls are being particularly impacted by
1: it. Yes, it's it's a two level. Uh, maybe how I read it, uh, and it's it's um, it's it, uh, in the end it's an opinion of uh, of a simple Palestinian woman. So maybe. Somebody will give will will bring a different theory to what uh, to the to this uh, thing. Uh, for me, is that it's two levels. It's one level that we having always been persecuted uh, on the demographic level. Uh, that killing more, that the more that we are killed, the less will be on on, on on living on this earth. So they, the the Israelis, will surplus us in numbers. So they want to, uh, the plan is to convert us into the minority uh, of this, of our own land, you know, mm-hmm. uh, although we are the indigenous owners of this plan, but it's like after a while, when you, when you come and count us, we are the minority. So you say, even if you are the indige- ind- indigenous people, we are, you are say, 10% of this land. So, so this is one, one of the words. And, and if you want to kill the people, then you attack the, you attack uh, uh, women. You attack the womb. You attack those who are bringing life, those who are bringing the the children. So the more m- women are killed and the more mothers are killed, then this is part of the plan. It's a barbaric plan, but we know. And the thing is that when we when we talk about it, it sounds like exaggerating yeah. because it's happening today. It's not happening uh, years ago, and it's. It's not that it happened with the Indians in North America, for example, you know the indigenous people of uh, of uh, North America. It's happening today yeah. at this in the in the eyes, in front of everybody. So this is one of the things that women have to be uh, are are targeted. Another thing is that uh, women take care of the house and take care of the children and take care of uh, and and they bring the peace within the household. Sure. so she's in the house yeah. she's there in the house uh, taking care of the children uh, preparing something to eat for for everybody you know so she's uh, she's embracing the the, sec- the the place that should be secured mm-hmm. and peace for everybody you no know, as humans family house she's there yeah. so when they attack the house the women are inside the houses men as you see on the tvs maybe on the screen they are uh, uh trying to uh, to uh, to get people from the houses that are already destroyed mm. or they are in the hospitals trying to bury uh, the, the the bodies of uh, brothers, brother sisters and relatives of or anyone that they don't know even so this is two reasons altogether why this number of uh, of, uh, of women maybe and because the uh, the houses are being targeted. It's not, for example, uh, places where they think that the fighters are existing. It's houses with yeah. civilians. Sure. And this is part of the diabolic plan that they have in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has struck me, yeah, it's, and I think about it uh, quite frequently, is that 5,500 of approximately, the, they have stated this in the ICJ filing as well, but it's based on um, information that's been gathered by various NGOs and the UN. 52,000 pregnant Palestinian women in Gaza are given birth. So 5,500 of them who are given birth each month are doing so in, yeah. I mean, it says you're unsafe conditions. But I imagine where there's no clean water and very little medical assistance at this stage, it must be an absolute abhorrent situation. And the risk of infection and medical complications, I can't understand, begin to understand. I mean, this, you've mentioned it as being barbaric, the level of the reproductive violence inflicted um, on Palestinian women. And of course, that affects newborn babies and children. It could qualify as violations under several different conventions um, under international law and such acts of violence will have been raised this week. But in your opinion, how have governments, particularly those who do prioritise gender equality and women's rights in their foreign policy, how have governments around the world failed Palestinian women and what message does this send to us in terms of the effectiveness of international law and policy that we all seek to rely on?
1: Yes, you know what? Today, this morning, I was thinking about that uh, this case that South Africa raised in the International Court of Justice Mm -hmm. uh, is saving the international humanitarian law and is saving the human rights law in general Mm -hmm. because more people every day are having less faith on international tools and mechanisms, less faith on all these Agreements and declarations and the whole human rights system is having every day less credibility. When the when South Africa puts this case and the International Court of Justice um, uh, comes and then and we hear we hear the amount of justice in the intervention of South Africa and the narrative and the discourse that they are using, so it's they are saving the whole system of human rights again. Mm. because more people are having less faith on all this yeah. imagine international human rights organizations international humanitarian organizations such as uh, uh, world health um, and food um, uh, health uh, organization all this and un and un women and all are not able to do what they were supposed to be doing yeah. and one one of these organizations one of the of the high of the directors of these organizations goes to the hospitals mm-hmm. and then acts as if he is a a journalist. He is in the hospital and he says, "This is happening. I saw this. I saw that." And then he leaves. No, this is not your work. This is not your role. Your role is to save this money these people there. Your role is to do the utmost and not play the role. Give us a report that all the journalists are doing. So uh, um, this failure uh, in front of the eyes of people, of these organizations, are now, is, is being saved if interna- in the International Court of Justice because it's another another part of the system. So people will say, okay, so accountability can, 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 can be there on the table now of these judges, one thing. Another thing is, okay, so after 70 years, of killing, and they, and doing what they do now, somebody is asking them why and how, and they might be they might be prosecuted. So uh, this is this is a very massive, important message for the humanity, mm. not for Palestinians only, yes. for the whole humanity and for the whole system. Yes, this system is created. We should be able to use it, and uh, those under oppression should be able to, to look high for justice. So this, is, so this system. Absolutely.
0: Well, we'll wait and see what happens um, with that. And also, I suppose I've read so many different articles. There's so many different perspectives and narratives on this. But what struck me is you do see a lot of um, organisations that will say that Gaza is a feminist issue. What does this mean for you? What, what does this entail? And,
1: and is that correct? For me and for many of us, it's something that is struck us personally mm-hmm. at the at more than one level. Uh, at, as Palestinians, our identity. As these are sisters, these are brothers, these are friends. This is my people. Mm-hmm. So when my people is hungry, and is thirsty, uh, I it touched me also. It touches me. When, when a pregnant pregnant woman is not able to produce milk because she has not enough liquids, and then she's looking for uh, a, a bottled milk and then she doesn't find the enough quantity it it, it make it makes us like um you know uh, we need extra strength to continue with our day daily day day we need extra strength to to keep healthy to keep Thinking that yes, there will be a better day for my people in Gaza. Because the thing is that the tales are are maybe um, like a horror film, like um, like a film, like a hell has been opened, and we are seeing hell. What what is hell? Because the tales, when somebody calls and says my tent has been burned, they they destroyed the house where my tent was. And now I, ha- I have no tent. Yeah. M- me, my, my the, he, the, this man with the wife and three married children with their wives and their children are now aware they need somebody immediately to send some support immediately so that they can buy a tent. Mm. It's a plastic tent. And when somebody calls and says that children didn't sleep all night and I was trying to calm them because that two houses surrounding us were were bombarded. So it's like, you know, you feel you have to fight yourself and reassure to yourself, we can, we will, there is hope. And then you put songs, these songs that give you hope, these songs that give you, that say, yes, there is a better uh, tomorrow to help you. And people like you and people like others who call, to, to make our voices be out, this is important so that we can continue and feeling and, you know, um, holding very much to our humanity because this is the, the real world. It's, uh, it's on the humanity of the humans on this land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, staying, I
0: suppose, on that, the question of feminism, One of the questions I'd like to ask you is your opinion on whether you think globally the feminist movement has done enough to call out the violence and the impact of violence, particularly suffered by women and children? Or has there been a level of disinterest? People have referred to it as a deafening silence, um, when the usual loud speakers and advocates uh, for women around the world have chosen to remain silent on this issue or have said very, very little. Um, I tend to agree with that statement just from doing my own research and I wonder why you think that might be the case.
1: Uh, Yes, what has been done by the side of the international big uh, women's organisations, feminist figures and organisations, I think that is not enough. And one of the things that when I was asked this by one friend, I said maybe one of the reasons is that i know of two organizations that in the past wars against them they were uh, publicly against it and they were threatened mm-hmm. they they received threats by israeli lawyers uh, based in the for example one of them is uh, lawyers for israel that is based in the uk and they threatened one of these organizations and they said um, uh, they threatened them and then the, another one was threatened and i think part of the funds were cut because they were publicly uh, uh, protesting and supporting the uh, Palestinian women's uh, organizations and against the war in Gaza, so maybe they are afraid of being threatened again. Maybe they are afraid, and this is uh, so. This is part of the of the whole thing: is that uh, this uh, Zionist system is uh, strong enough to be to to go out and threaten others if they are publicly with us. This is one thing. Yeah. Another thing. Another idea is that um, uh, now there is no excuse. And and it, the, it, there will be one day that we have to, to open this uh, discussion openly. Because in the beginning, some were saying that uh, all organizations, all the world, were taken by surprise. Okay. And then they said, we all were taken by surprise. Okay, if you are surprised and you are allowed to be surprised for one month, for two months, Mm -hmm. what after what in the third month it's the third month and the attacks are going on and you are still surprised so I my my invitation is to revise your role to revise your existence to revise your your mission vision. if you are not able at this very critical moment in humanity to say to to be active and go out of the secure zone that you have put for yourself
0: It's, it's just there is a
1: the, it's an invitation for many of them to revise their role yeah. on on how they did on this critical time in the in the, sure. in the time of humanity in, the, in our present history sure
0: and it just strikes me as I mean we're watching this in real time I mean a, a genocide unfolding against Palestinian civilians and you know it's just there there seems to be a lack of kind of engagement around justice for women and children that perhaps we have seen in other you know, wars and other cases um, that you could describe as similar to what's happening here, which is quite worrying. It seems to be a, almost like a disregard for women and, and children's lives there. But um, as you said, hopefully now people are, are less shocked and more inclined to act. Um, so just, I suppose, looking at some of the... Um, other figures uh, that, that are really startling, and just to ask your opinion on them, just Heba TB, who is the acting Deputy Regional Director for Care, has commented that mothers eat once a day in favour of their children's health, and that in Gaza, women are the last to eat and children are the first to die. And there are observations that have also been contained within UN documents. So I guess with everything um, that's happening right now, and as we're seeing it unfold, as the world is turning towards the court to have everything delivered um, in, in its legal submissions, what's next for your work and you know the organisations that you're associated with Are you going to act maybe in line with what the outcome, if we do have an outcome within a few weeks, around the protective measures um, from the ICJ? How will it shape your work going forward? I mean, there is a real sense of urgency here. And, you know, these women and children need urgent attention now. What can organisations do, you know, to, to speed things up and to try and provide some level of assistance?
1: You know, related to this question and the previous one, and uh, me personally, I have been saying always to, to to delegations, to groups that come to to hear from us that while Zionism is here in this land and it's a Zionist colonialist system that is being operating, that is operating, Zionism. I think that it's all over the place. Is in Europe it's in the united states and in many other uh, in, in international organizations and so the the the, um, the zionist idea of um of who have rights more than others and this classification of people mm-hmm. and very easily to say palestinians are, are terrorists Islam is i don't know what uh, the poor i don't know you know this this racist discourse even if it's not as clear as i am saying it now but it takes different forms exists in many organizations international organizations and governments sure. so this is one of the reasons it's the, the mentality when you when you look at things and about what uh, what we are doing for example in action aid there is a lot of work in um, uh, press releases contacting uh, you know uh, the decision makers uh, giving information uh, trying to put the voice of uh, the Palestinian people in Gaza out, uh, trying to, uh, to raise awareness on specific cases, all this is not enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, all this is just like a first aid going on. Yes. And the, um, the, the, the political uh, body that make the decisions on, on the Palestinian issue are the ones that we have to really make pressure on them. Because imagine if the crossing of Frafah is open, mm-hmm. and all the all the uh, trucks that are waiting to come into Hazze can enter, then less less um, uh, people will die from uh, hunger or from uh, uh, from dirty water. Uh, more that the children will have the milk that they need. Uh, the mothers uh, will have better places where to hold their newborns. Sick people, elderly people with chronic diseases, will have you know. So one of the things is to 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 make a pressure and on the uh, priority, very very priority, is a humanitarian corridor to be open, all the trucks and all the aid to come into Gaza without restrictions. People will be able to at least to to have their day and their night under less um, less stress unless uh, afraid threat of being killed in any time you know the tent would be protected there is a lot that can be done if this humanitarian corridor is open and the, the trucks are, are, are coming on utmost priority the other priority and I think that even higher than this one is the cease of fire immediately and that's it so it's seizing the fire stop attacking the people in Gaza open the, the, the uh, the crossing, allow all the aid to come in. Allow all the the human rights uh, mechanisms to come and write their reports. Uh, be uh, open the, um, the investigations on on all the on what happened. There is a list of things that should be done immediately, but will not be done as long as the fire is going on on the heads of the Palestinian people. Yeah.
0: Like and the this purpose. is a big
1: uh, is, is the biggest challenge i think and it's politically more than humanitarian
0: mm. yes um gosh oh, without a ceasefire basically nothing else really uh, it can happen and i mean we've heard awful accounts yesterday about the the minimal amount of aid that's getting through um, that's necessary and in particular in this um, episode we've looked at at women and children. Yeah. Just for listeners as well, Sereida, if anybody wants to know more about your work or even is there any way anybody can contribute or learn more or do anything um, you know in terms of activity to support Palestinians who are suffering but also women and children in particular, can
1: you give any advice on that? Yes, one of the things is maybe um, Alianza for la Solidaridad uh, Action Aid Spain, they can get in there, and there is um, uh, there is a, a way how to donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Action Aid uh, Palestine, Action Aid Federation, also okay. they can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other organizations in we're working in the United States and in within Palestine. They can uh, you know they can look for it if they want to donate money, and if they don't, if they want also to to know more. Or to organize, like for example, a meeting with youth yeah. and listen from them and and have an exchange of uh, you know of ideas and listen, a uh, the, the first, aid um, I mean first uh, instance person in you know that we can we can facilitate this woman to woman, uh, youth to youth, and yeah. um, uh, you know uh, professions. Um, Anyone that is interested, they can reach us. They can reach, and we can, you know, coordinate these meetings. Mm-hmm. Through these meetings, people can understand better and know that they have a role. And I believe that everyone in this sport has a responsibility and has a role. Has a role, even if it's small, you know. And sometimes we think we say that your role is do the the good things within your own little space. This will help keep positive uh, positively and humanity that the more people do this the more people believe in this the more people will be against any atrocity against anyone and if you you can see that in the the, the United States all those who are going into the streets very actively and then they go to the Congress and put themselves in the Congress are Jewish against uh, uh, Zionism and they say never again and not in our name. Yeah. So this, this is the kind of awareness that, that humans should have because they, they have an experience and they are now against it to be repeated to anyone. We all should be like this. Is like, no, we don't want any place in this world to have what's happening now in Gaza. What's happening now in the West Bank mm-hmm. is also horrible. Yeah. You know, they are, they, they are a killing every day. It's a minimum three or four youth palestinians killed by israeli uh, troops in the west bank so it's raising your voice through even the little and don't think don't underestimate your role as a citizen of the world you can do you can do
0: Yes, absolutely. That is just fantastic. Um, Saraida Hussein, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll certainly share links to your organisations and links to ActionAid as well for anybody interested in, in donating and supporting um, that organisation, which is providing vital support to Palestinians uh, during this time. Thank you so much, Saraida.
1: You're welcome, Sarah. Thank you for this effort. Thanks, everyone, for
0: joining me today. If you like the show, please remember to share and leave a review if you have a moment. And you can also check out our website, www.activistlawyer.com, where you will see some blog articles written by our guests and contributors, as well as some fabulous activist lawyer merchandise.
1: This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how?